Right. So on this uh, on this episode, I'm joined by a good friend of mine who I met on my first day. Um, I'd say we shouldn't say the company's name, but on my first day in a in a big corporation, my first corporate gig, I met this guy on the on the induction. Uh, Joey. Yes. Yeah, we met. We both started on the same day, although in different teams. I remember what happened. I think I was a little bit overly. I remember us sitting there together with all the other new joiners. Yeah. Kind of nervous, first time, big company like this. Everyone's just trying to figure out how to act, how professional he should be, what to say. Mm. It's an awkward environment. I don't know why I was so, I was trying to just get the ball rolling. I think when I know everyone's a little bit awkward, that gives me a bit more confidence to just fucking get it going. Mm. I think that's what happened. Um, and then it was weird, like we started getting picked off by our managers yes. once they were setting us up on the laptops and then it just turned out me and Joey, or Joey and I I should say, um, ended up sitting like our teams were right next to each other. So it was a good way of uh, breaking the ice, finding a familiar face. And I mean, what is it? Like a cor- a corporation to me feels like secondary school or high school hmm. for adults it really is because everything is so structured for you but then at the same time they still want you to take the initiative mm. and like they won't give you any extra opportunities so it's like it's a weird environment or just like exactly just like in uni you have your homework you have your stuff to do but then if you want to you know mm. excel get to the next level it takes something else and that's finding that balance that's that I was so holding tricky. off I was holding off uh, getting to that point I was going to get to it probably I was thinking halfway through the conversation but now we're basically able to do this podcast because you've just left mm. you've just left um, the corporate world and you started your own gig For your sure. own business your own your own thing right yeah, I, I wanted to ask, how did you find that corporate responsibility, that attitude towards uh, your work, your workload, whatever? What do you mean? I said just like getting used to doing a lot of work. Or I think you, you and I both got on because we started out in the office very early and we were leaving quite late, hmm. and then quite early on we both clocked like we were looking around and no one else was there waiting till the manager (laughs) waiting for the manager to leave I remember you started off telling me you wanted to get into M&A or you were looking at these big finance companies Um, and to be fair like we got a good gig but we came into it with the attitude of early mornings Mm. late nights and then like half a month or month into it we were like "Eh, it's not quite (laughs) yeah it's funny when I came into this role I had all these big aspirations to be the next JP Morgan you know because we're in this corporate lending environment Mm. I had all these big dreams like yes get into M&A become this this high level corporate guy but then I think 
what you see with a lot of people that, that either are in corporate or that have left now that I'm speaking with. It's just not as promised in a lot of mm-hmm. cases. You you think like at a high level you're working all of these amazing deals, you have these amazing opportunities. But in reality it's often like the day to day can feel a lot like checking off boxes, mm-hmm. dealing with all the bureaucracy, dealing with yeah. auditors. It's like it leaves a lot to be desired. For and sure. it works for some people, but not for everyone. I think the attitude in a corporation is pass things on to someone else's plate or put the ball hmm. in someone else's court. For and sure. that buys you time. And also, if someone tries to hold you accountable, you have a receipt as to, oh, but I sent it to this person, they will come back to me. Mm-hmm. And I see that all the time in the corporate world. I had this conversation the other day and we kind of were talking about the similar thing where it's like in these corporate environments it's like the more work you do the more work you get because oh, if you're like finish things quickly that just means you're gonna get replies quickly and that means when new projects come up you're gonna get them and like as soon as you you like you give a little bit they'll take a lot like if you just mm. say oh, i can help out do like some quick little task on this new project but then when the real work comes it's like oh you already worked on it we're gonna give this to you and so it's like it's such a like it's just you're disincentivized i think that's to do a good job almost (laughs) especially well like of course there's teams where this will be better but i think in a lot of it it's it's really about like if you do more than your colleagues that you'll get taken advantage of very quickly Someone quite senior gave me very good advice, but it wasn't, it wasn't really advice. He was more just spelling it out, spelling out the obvious. He said everyone in the corporate world, they're working in second or third gear. Mm-hmm. And me and him, he said, you and I, we've got a sixth gear. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, he was saying in his first year, he was in, doing the same thing as me, working in sixth gear the entire time. But they appreciate someone who works in second or third gear mm. and when it's needed, they'll put it up to the fifth or sixth gear compared to someone who's always working in sixth gear. And when the sixth gear is required, you can't really see much difference. But then if mm. you bring it down right. to the fifth or fourth gear, people will notice mm. you've fallen off a little bit. Whereas the person who's been working in second or third the entire time who picks it up to the fourth or fifth is recognized for now improving and doing more and doing more whatnot so then the bureaucracy like you said comes into it and it becomes a bit of a fucking what am i doing here why am i working this hard and spending literally 12 plus hours in this office only for someone to tell me i think you also get a lot of just normal human psychology that comes with it because if you're the only one working in sixth gear Hmm. everyone else including your managers they won't appreciate it, but they actually resent it. Because if you're raising the bar, mm. you're actually, what you're doing is you're showing to the real bosses, you're showing what's capable and you're making others look bad. And so like people don't want you to, to stand out For because sure. it is still, corporate world does still have the backstabbing and it's still everyone for themselves in certain cases. And I think that our team, our floor, there's definitely 
a good environment. We, we didn't have it as bad as you, you hear in other mm. places. But still, these things, the human psychology element, it's like everyone has it. You don't, yeah. want, to, you don't want to have your colleague raising the bar and then you kind of need to step it up. Unless, like, of course, you want to reach these next levels. But it, it kind of just beats it out of you. You just start to reform That's to problem, what the herd is doing. Because as you just mentioned, unless you want to reach that next level, mm-hmm. then I'm very aware if I step it down. If I'm not in sixth, if I'm now in fourth or third, I'll recognize mm. I'm not doing as much as I could be doing. Yes, and you then, set the bar for yourself. I was going to say, um, Elise actually told me this, mm. where we went for a drink and she was like, some sort of trauma when you're not doing as much work as you're used to. Yes. I can't remember what she said, but mm. that kind of resonated with me. Um, anyway, I was going to, yeah, pull it all the way back to how you even got into finance. I mentioned Elise just now. Yes. I think she plays quite a key role in this in this story. So you started off studying IT. Yes. You met your now wife. Yes. And you're how old? I'm 25. Admirable. <laughs> Admirable. But you met your now wife when you were 19, 20? Something like that. 18, I think, even. Maybe just turned 19. Shit. Studying IT. Yeah. How did you make mm, the decision to do a a master's in finance? Yeah. I mean, we can go quite deep there, keep it a little bit Mm. more serious. I will try to stick it somewhere in the middle. Because for me, it was always like, so give a little bit more context. I grew up in the Netherlands as you can probably hear from my accent. <laughs> I grew up in the Netherlands in like the proper countryside. Like my family were tulip growers. Like this doesn't get more Dutch, you know. So like where I grew up in a village of a few, like 2,000 people, going to London, getting into this corporate life, mm. you know, becoming whatever. That's not, it's not something that's talked about. You know, most of my friends, they either just went in, you know, their family's business. They just went do some, like, just normal jobs. And, like, nothing wrong with that. But for me, I always, I don't know, it must have just been, like, watching these TV shows, you know, growing up. You kind of, you want what you don't have from what you want, but seems unattainable. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, damn, that's, that's cool. But I always had, like, oh, but it's not for me, because I'm, like, I was born here, and it's like, you kind of need a role model, right? You need to see somebody that accomplished something that had a similar starting as you, and that's how you can, if it's relatable, you can achieve it, but for, in my circles, And this that was wasn't all the way there. back then, because now yeah. I, I sense with everything that's happened, and we'll get onto that, you may have just put it on a pedestal. Mm, yes. <laughs> Massively. <laughs> well, right? That's why I left after just a year. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, so like that's that's sort of where I was starting, and then like I was like, okay, I'm going to IT because like tech is still a good good spot, and it definitely it was it was good to get that experience. But I just very quickly realized like okay, I did some internships and just like the whole day behind the screen coding, mm-hmm. and like this not for me. But it was kind of like probably a lot of people have this similar thing where it's like you're kind of committed. You know, this is your path. Uh, 
and just like limiting beliefs and like that's that's something i'm currently also still like everyone has such limiting beliefs um but yeah so that's sort of where i was at and that's when i now met my current wife and she has a completely different mm. upbringing she grew up here in london like always went to the private schools had a good like good schooling really like her family all all like high up oh, yeah. in the corporate world and so when we met in amsterdam where she went to study mm. all of a sudden what i was saying with like these role models and like seeing people achieve things all of a sudden it didn't feel so unattainable anymore because now i had like direct access to people that did do it mm. and i was really just like it wasn't necessarily like her opening any doors for me it was more just like just having someone that says like why not why not if you want to do finance why not i was like fuck why not yeah <laughs> so we were just like i just started googling and just went in the search like how how can i do this turned out like it wasn't that hard i just could do like my master's in finance because of my degree mm. i just had to do like the gmat if i passed that i would be allowed into the master's of finance program and i was like well shit like that's not that's not impossible yeah so I was like, I'm going to do that. Did my master in finance. I've always had this thing like, not to, but like I'm good at studying. And I'm good at like, if I had, if there's a clear task, I'm good at achieving that. So like, I, I finished like at the top of the class pretty much. Like good yeah. grades. I was going to say sidetrack. I think Joey is one of the most regimented self-disciplined <laughs> guys. In a different, mm. if, in a different um, lifetime, he'd probably be a soldier. Um, but yeah, you. That's why the story actually. I, I self-discipline. I almost became a soldier actually. Really. Instead of doing tech, I wanted to become a soldier. Well, I went go into the army, and I went through all the the trainings, introduction days. Did you actually? Yeah, yeah. I went through everything, but then in one of these final stages, for some reason, the government cut the budget. And so what used to do with the level of education I had, they used to be like, because I was in the like sort of, you have the, what they call like the gymnasium, like you have like the highest level then sort of like medium and then same like you have here, different levels. Yeah. Yeah. Just like different level of high school. And it used to be that my level was good for the officer track. Oh, is it? And then, (laughs) and otherwise you just infantry, nothing wrong with that, but like that's not yeah where my inspiration was and it was always just like never was any problem and then this year because of the government cuts they now moved my level to infantry and i was like they only told me that in the last round as i was like no i'm not doing that so yeah that's funny so if they if i was one year earlier i would have had it again completely different life and would have gone into the military yeah i could really see you I mean, whatever you pursue, you'll do great in, but soldier for some reason, yeah, yeah that makes sense. So, did you do your right. master's with with your now wife, with Elise? No, no, she did her bachelor's, because so, she's two years younger than me, so when I, oh, okay. she was in the first year when we met, I was in third or final year, 
And then so when I did this master, then we graduated at the same time her for bachelor in Is economics. It? Yeah. And that's when we decided like, shit, do we want to stay in the Netherlands or go to London? I was like, well, both into the finance phase. Yeah. I mean, Which once you're in most. finance, does it make sense to stay in the Netherlands? It doesn't. Or it does. It doesn't, right? I, I don't know if... No, it's... It's still fine. You have good jobs there. There's a few banks. We both did our internship at kind of the only investment bank in the Netherlands. So it would have been good mm. to stay there. But we didn't like the environment. It's like the Netherlands is very much... I mean, that that's a whole other story, right? <laughs> but like the Netherlands is very much... Everyone gets paid pretty well. Especially like in finance, you get paid well. Mm. But not that much. And it's like you're just immediately comfortable... And, like, because the Netherlands mm. is, like, such a nice place to live, like, everything is taken Coast. care of. It's, like, you pay high yeah. tax and the government takes care of people pretty well. And so, like, everyone is just in, like, you know, middle class, like, upper middle class. That's, like, most of the Netherlands. Of course, it ranges, but it's easy to become upper middle class and just coast and, like, coast. live your life, have a good life. But we both wanted more. I was like, you know, that's when yeah. we went to London, where it's really like you have these high achievers really would, going for Yeah, I would say in, in finance, London and New York, for me, is just, mm. those are the two places you need to be in. Yes. I mean, I, I was born and raised in London, so for me, it's quite easy to just, okay, this is the first step, and then maybe New York down the line. Yeah. But for you, making that jump from the Netherlands to London, I don't, I don't know how easy that would have been. Yeah. did you not have a little bit of uh, I mean I speak to a lot of colleagues and even when I was a student a lot of international students who would come over to the UK and study it's still crazy to me that you've just uprooted to a whole nother country mm. society language bunch of things yes. how easy and or difficult was that I guess for me it, it wasn't hard at all because kind of like <laughs> pulling it back all the way to the beginning where I was saying like I wanted this you know this, this banker life this life that wasn't really a traditional route for where I came from I was just keen to get out so like I was living this already in my head for a long time to get out mm. you know achieve things like see the world and so for me this was more it wasn't that hard it was more like the opportunity came and like it was just it. perfect, yeah, and just seized it. Damn. So you move over to to the UK. You get your first job in. It wasn't the place we were working at. You worked in a yes. different place for a year, right? Exactly. And that was a little bit. I don't want to say easy, but you sort of coasting. You moved mm. over to the UK to challenge yourself. I wouldn't necessarily say I was ghosting there. It was quite... It was a very interesting role. But it was also very comparable to, like, factory work. So we were doing, like, very large structured finance deals. Mm. Like, very interesting space to be in. Because, like... I mean, this goes back to, like, the 2008 crisis. Like, it's these types of products. So they're, like, quite complex. But they're also not as complex that like it just goes over your head like it's it's really interesting to try and figure them out but the role i was in it was just like we were doing such a high volume that literally after a year 
I felt like I had seen it. And so like the challenge disappeared and the learning curve kind of wasn't there anymore. And because it's quite a niche area, I felt like if I'm going to stay in this, that's just going to be my life because I wouldn't really know anything else. And that's not where I saw myself, like working on these deals the whole time. I wanted to actually be involved with companies. And so like, I think you it's in finance, especially and like all these, the more like knowledge work, you yeah. become a specialist very quickly. And then it becomes very difficult to break out of that. Mm. Also just like, because you become so good at something. But then if the opportunities aren't really there to take it to that higher level, or you're not as interested anymore, like, I think you have to be careful not to get stuck and be branded wow. as some sort of, like some type of You know, I, I, I sort of knew, I sort of knew that, that side of things, but not in as much detail as you've just said. Because my story into that same company we're in now was me getting like a generic business degree that means very little knowledge base mm. and then getting into property where it was mainly just able to talk to clients and then getting into like a shit cold calling gig, which was even worse, but facing rejection pretty much 95, 98% of the time. And then having this like small opportunity to get into finance in the form of a maternity cover. Mm. And I took it knowing that mm. this is going to be a massive challenge. I didn't quite comprehend it, but I knew it was... For some reason, I thought it was very sales-based, but also you need to have mm. a strong basis of knowledge. And I knew I didn't have a degree in finance or economics. So I was immediately on the back foot. And then when I came into it, I put that almost on a pedestal. And then slowly, like, I've, I overcompensated by just working the entire time. And now I've come to realise it's not like that at all. Mm. I mean, yeah, it's, it's very knowledge-based <laughs> compared to the other industries. But I've also, I've now kind of, the learning curve is getting flat. Mm. And I need to now step it up and find a new challenge, something to keep elevating myself so yes. the way you've like gradually lifted that bar as i can see from it mm. to finance to investment bank in the netherlands to the uk and then changing companies once you're here i think mine was quite steep initially and now yes. i've finally caught up and i'm now like okay shit what do i do from here mm -hmm. yeah it's it's difficult and i think that's the issue with with a lot of these roles because I, I doubt there are many corporate roles that are just diverse enough to really keep excelling mm. at something like that's why people switch roles and that's like why people want to get promoted but you don't always have a clear path to the next promotion yeah and that's just like that's why people switch right because like if you do something over and over and again it just gets a little bit boring i've always seen you as being you're almost like three four steps in front of me you've got those extra few years of experience as well 
over me and I've looked up to you in many many ways <laughs> I think you're self-discipline no, you're very mm. organized and if there was anyone in the bank who could start their own thing and really make it a success I think it's you mm. genuinely um, what I actually wanted to ask you was at what point did your attitude start switching from climbing the corporate ladder especially at quite a young age because right now I'm thinking let me get a few more years of experience so I can just pad up my CV and then I can try my own thing if it messes up I can always fall back on that safety net at what point in your mind were you like right the attitude is just changing I could I want to start my own thing I'm done with this corporate climbing yes. of the ladder and all that good stuff. It's a good question. I think what it is for me, well, first what you were saying before, on the inside, I still got a lot of like, I put out a very, like a picture that's very well put together. On the inside, <laughs> I'm still a mess. <laughs> I was still dealing with my own shit, like trying to, just trying to stick it, like just trying to be consistent. Uh, and I think, but I do think that's, a, I think that's a strength as well. And like, I see that in you as well. Like we're both quite conscious. And so like, I think that's what it takes to like keep pushing because if you get too confident, like that's just when, like if you start dismissing things, you're not starting to take things serious. Mm that's when you you lose that that edge of like always want to be good remaining or grounded we, exactly and what we're talking about before as well where it's like you know over delivering yeah like yeah. if i think that just that just comes natural to people like us where it's just like because we are kind of conscious and we want to do well um but then to your question for me it was like i've always had this dream of doing my own thing i just needed to find the right thing Angle. If, if that makes sense yeah, yeah. like I've, I've i've tried all these side hustles like literally every side hustle out there i've tried i remember it started off with the website oh fuck yeah that was just that was <laughs> a, i started a website so it's gosh i tried like looked in all these all the the basic shit like yeah the, the e-commerce dropshipping try like looked into everything uh, but yeah, websites, I really thought that's where I was going to get my <laughs> my lucky break. Yeah. But but anything, it, everything is difficult. And it's just like, but also everything is possible. It's just like, mm. you just got to pick something and stick with it. And that's where, for years, I struggled with just this shiny object syndrome. Yeah. And just like, I think, oh, I can see people making millions with websites. I'm going to do this. Two months in, it's like, shit, it's not working. But then at the same time, I see somebody else making money with another mm. thing. I was like, oh, wait, that's way easier. That's way better. I'm going to do that. But it's like, it doesn't work like that. And the only reason they're making it work is because they actually stayed in their lane, stayed consistent and saw it through to the end. And so I think that's what it is for me. I've all, for years, I've been, I've been looking for something to do. And then now it kind of came into my my path, I should say, or just my family, they asked me, like, oh, hey, Joey, like, we're kind of having some issues with our bank. Can you maybe take a look at this? And that's where, like, when it wasn't me actively mm -hmm. searching for the next 
side hustle is gonna make me a million. So your your family in the Netherlands have a tulip farm. Yes. And they asked you to look into um, the the balance sheets and how they communicate with banks and basically put that into a. It wasn't even that like concrete what they asked me. It was more that during COVID, like every business, they had their fair share of of problems. And so it was just like the banks were being very difficult to them because, you know, things weren't going as smooth as, as expected. And so it was really just like, oh, hey, can you maybe just take a look, see if, if like we're doing anything wrong. Like, so nothing concrete, just like, oh, maybe like this is interesting to you. It was almost more like as yeah. a learning opportunity as well. And just when I started looking into this, that's where I really saw, okay, there's, there's just a lot you know, not being done as I've been thought now. Yeah. Like during my studies and here at the bank. And there's just a lot where I thought, okay, this is where I can help. And then all of a sudden it started to click. Like, like why have I been doing all of these <laughs> random side hustles that I have like no experience in, like making websites and shit. And I was like, well, actually for these last... I don't know how many years I've been focused on finance and now I can see there's an opportunity to analyze like, balance sheets exactly and find. Like what I've been doing and like yeah thinking about these processes like what are what is what is a good company that's what yeah. I've been trained to analyze like what like how do these companies work as so a now it's so like wow like you know and like you can't blame any of these companies because like it takes a lot to run a business and especially in in agriculture it's like you're always like the weather like everything mm. is playing against you like you're not just gonna sit a few hours every day to to look at you yeah. know your numbers like make your excel models you know no one has time for that i was gonna say when we first spoke about it i was trying to understand why people didn't understand this fundamentally this should be mm. the first step the money like yes. where's the allocation of all the funds mm. how much are we spending on this how much is going into this how much spare do we have mm. but then like you said that they're farmers first and foremost mm. that's what they do very well they don't look at financials yes. and don't break it down and don't mm. understand how to allocate and then you started to give me some specifics about how you can save a company x amount or y mm. amount and then you can also, okay, on the back of that, well, uh, then I can be charge a retainer of whatever every month. Mm -hmm. And then it started to click, oh, there is actually a lot of value in what you're offering here. That's the plan. Yes. Yeah. But then that's one thing. I think you've done another thing in actually building that up hmm. with yes. your LinkedIn, your Twitter. I mean, it's very simple, right? You're these platforms, but then you've been very consistent with that. And that's been hard. Yeah. That was that was the hardest part. But I also, like, I would never have quit without it. Yeah. It is like, I'm now, I used to be, like, the most antisocial guy there is. Like, for years, I had, I had nothing. Now, Instagram, now, like, now, Facebook, when that was still a thing. Like, I was just, like, I, I took pride in it as well. Yeah, I was that guy. I was like, oh no, like I'm I'm productive. I read books. I I'm not on social media. <laughs> like that was my <laughs> that was my there. that was my image. You know, like that yeah. was who I was. Like taking a shit on, on all these people posting pictures, being social. 
I was like, I thought like these guys are wasting time. And to be like, I still think they are. Most of them are. But it was also just like how to use it in the right way. There is indeed. There's like different. There's like there's levels to it. There's different ways mm. to use it. And so yeah, when I kind of started to figure out like okay, this is what I want to do. I want to help. I want to use my finance experience to help these companies like my family with like these very serious problems and like struggles they have but then i was like who's gonna like who's gonna hire me like no one knows me so like what am i gonna do so like okay i'm gonna go go try linkedin started posting on linkedin super awkward I like especially when you have all your colleagues on there and exactly that was the the issue of linkedin my whole you know my professional network is people that I've worked with, and then now all of a sudden I'm starting. And like I, I, I think I posted some pretty good stuff. I'll be like... honest with you. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. The people who matter, the people mm-hmm. who count, in the organization, saw everything you were posting, mm-hmm. and your the admiration they had for you went through the roof. Yes, they really took you seriously after that. I do think so, but like mentally, it yeah, was that's, hard. That's and what I want to ask you as well. Like, it's it's funny because like people will never even though the people close to you that that say they want you to succeed Mm. it's like just another thing with the human psychology it hurts to see somebody else do better than you and Mm. like i like i try not to be jealous and i try not like i try to just take the good things out of it now where it's like wow if he can do it then i can also do it but yeah, still, yeah. It, it still hurts. Like, you're still <laughs> like, fuck. How dare you? <laughs> so that's what I had with social media. Like, people telling me, like, oh, I see you. You're quite active on LinkedIn now. And I was like... Who do like, you think you are, man? <laughs> yeah. It's like... So that's... No, you know what? I've had the same... It's a, it's a hard thing, then. Like, that's why I really respect yeah. that you're doing this, the podcast. Because, like, it's, it's, it's one thing posting some summaries... Mm. on social media it's a whole nother thing to actually record and no, so put yourself out there like, is, this, is, this is this is hard i'm just an idiot man i can't i can't write very well so <laughs> i'm just a lot better at, at speaking mm. um but i was gonna say i kind of had the same issue where you see someone else who's got something you really want and then you immediately feel jealous but then i've like as soon as I, I recognize that feeling of they've got something that I want, it was something I read in a book actually. But I was I'm just automatically like, oh, I love that for you because I want it too. Yeah. So it's just converting mm-hmm. that into listen. I'm jealous because I want that shit too. Yes. So like, fair play to you. And I'm you happy can channel it into yeah. the, into motivation, and that's healthy. But for a lot of people, <laughs> I still want it though. <laughs> yeah. For a lot of people, just turns into to hate. Yeah, and that's a shame, and that's why I get so many haters on social media. I'm like, they will, not, they will always be there. Yeah, but you know what? Um, if someone isn't doing as well as you are, they will. That's probably why they're hating on you. When someone is doing better than you, they don't have time to try and bring you down, or they don't even have time exactly. to do all that shit. Yes. So I've. It's quite simple, really. You know, whenever someone is doing way better than me, 
and they even see me trying something i've i've always received nothing but mm. constructive criticism at worst which is amazing uh, you know and at best they're really encouraging me and telling me you know what when i was your sure. age i was nowhere near where you were at so this is incredible whatever you're doing and then obviously you get those people who just talk shit but you look at what they're doing and exactly yeah so I don't take it seriously because I look at what people are doing instead of what they say mm. um, but yeah like you said human psychology will naturally take shit to heart mm. but yeah rationalising that and I'm sure now that you're exposed to a lot more people following you commenting on your posts reacting to your posts that can get a little bit overwhelming right it does it does so now to like give more context here like after LinkedIn I was like this is I kind of got over the fear of posting but I was like I'm not really getting out of this because LinkedIn is just a, a trash like it's LinkedIn is just like it's not mm. a good it's not a good platform in my opinion like really? for some people it will be it's very professional it's, it's not really to build a business on it to build relationships it's like it's too corporate mm. um, and that's like that's the whole purpose of the platform so I'm not like it's fine for that so that's when i switched to twitter and that's really when things changed whereas like just in like as soon as i got on there like, people are just like so open to speak and like even in the beginning when my like my profile was ridiculous i bet like my pictures were terrible like my whole like everything was was cringe if i look back at it now like it was super cringe the stuff i was posting but then still, like, it's just, like, so easy to connect with, mm. like, with people so far ahead of me. And, like, it was in the first few weeks on there that I met this guy who was doing exactly what I'm doing, but in the U.S. and, like, for different industries. But, like, I just started speaking with him. We got on a few calls. And he really, like, laid out the blueprint for me, you know, like, what to do. And I was like, that, that guy just changed the trajectory of my life because he was just like i now know what i need to do and i know that it's possible and i know it's it's he really was good in like showing like it's not that difficult mm. it's like the bar isn't as high as you think because of what we're saying like these the business owners they just don't have the time for it and like if you you know you practice this a few times like you'll get better i would and, like, say it's possible like that was so big for me You've also set yourself up in such a good way where you're very money conscious, you set money aside, you've given yourself this amazing safety net, mm. you've also built up this following on social media, your Twitters, your LinkedIn's, um, where now you really have built up a bit of momentum. So before you even handed in your notice, you knew the day I quit, which was exactly the case. And I was thinking, the day you quit, you're going to go out until mm. 2, 3 a.m., just enjoy yourself. But immediately, mm. the next day, you had a client meeting. Yes. Yeah? <laughs> and you hit the ground running, and you've mm. already got potential clients to convert, which I don't know yes. if we want to share that here, but things are going well. Exactly, yeah. I, I, so you've I done like it at the perfect this, time. I like to think this was was planned and I indeed I was hoping it would go this well but of yeah. course like there is there is just a lot of risk you take when you're trying to do your own thing but I've just been super fortunate 
that things are working out well and they like I got my first client had him right away the next like I quit my last day was on on Friday and like a contract started on Monday it's so, like mm-hmm. first client immediately there now I got two like more two potential clients I'm I'm speaking with so many more in the DMs it's like it was of course it took a lot of time mm. but when you're working on your own stuff it's just like it's a completely different game than if you're working yeah for a corporate for like things don't feel like work anymore things just feel like this is my life like i'm doing everything i do i'm doing for you know me and the life i'm trying to build for me and my wife and so like it's things like everything is completely different and like it's it's so much you have fun. more purpose in what you're doing exactly you have more purpose and there's so much more energy it seems where you know i'm not gonna lie towards the end in a corporate job it was like it was it was hard to do work you know evils come in yeah. and you're like i don't want to respond to this i'm mentally Listen, checked I'm still out there. i'm still there <laughs> but i think there is such thing as mentally checking out mm-hmm. when you know you're leaving yes um but no like, i don't i don't want to hate too much of my job because like it did I'm teach so, you i'm so grateful for it because like if i had never had yeah. this banking job i wouldn't have had the confidence to go out on my own and it would always have been this thing i needed to do for myself just from growing up it was just always like it was almost like a check like like a bucket list item for me where i was like I need to have worked in a bank and experienced what that is like. I I I sense I'm I'm there now as well, where I kind of put it on a pedestal. Now that I'm there, I'm looking around. I'm like, oh okay, mm. this isn't actually, you know, quite what I thought it was. I still think my potential and the ceiling is way way higher than this, mm. and it's actually quite For interesting sure to see a lot of people. Uh, don't get me wrong they're very capable and they played the game well they've got their qualifications they've worked very hard Mm. but now that they're here it almost feels like you've earned the right to coast a little bit Mm. and turn it on when you need to turn it on whereas I Mm. think what we're after is turning it on we don't really want to coast and we want to find that angle where you can really make use of the hard work you're putting into things and then on the back of that, I was going to say the people you're surrounding yourself with, the voices you're constantly listening to, whether it's through a podcast, YouTube videos, finding those people on Twitter, having calls with them regularly. Um, how important has that been in building this thing from zero to actually having some momentum behind you, especially when it's your own company? I mean, I couldn't. I never would have had the confidence to do this without putting in that work up front and like speaking like like you said like for these last months I've had like at least three to five calls every week with mm. not even potential clients but just like people doing similar things trying to get information from them see how they're doing it and really just make it kind of like overloading your system with role models and like yeah. people that are just at the level where you want to be when like when you are so exposed to it mm-hmm. you're just like it kind of like 
reduces all like it takes away all the doubt that you have and like it seems like everybody is making 10k a month and yeah. stuff like that and it's like it kind of like takes away the idea that it's not possible like even when you make good money in a job it still feels so real to make that type of money that some people are making and it's like well i've now spoken with over 100 people that do like like there's nothing there's nothing special about them nothing that i don't have same way now that i'm thinking about it you put the banking world on a pedestal mm. maybe you put this on a pedestal only until hopefully in a few years time yeah, we have can. another conversation and mm. we're now talking about yes. a whole bigger ceiling <laughs> yeah it's funny yeah. to to think back of this where it's like even though the days can feel long and it feels like on a day you're not progressing much but then if you look back it's just crazy how far we've come like it was only like one and a half year ago that I we know, sat yeah in that room with the HR and just I like all we nervous getting our laptops and we I was just in excited. one year we were just excited to be in the building exactly and cards where we can tap no into no clue what was going on yeah. and now in one year like things I know. when you just think back of like a few years things go so quick so I'm like I'm so excited to see that. like fast forward now three years from here and so much is gonna change again you know, one of the reasons I, I wanted to do this was also if I get to sit down with, you know, great people when they're at the beginning stage of their company mm-hmm. and we can look back in the years to come and be like, you know, listen to this back over <laughs> and have this as a reference point and then just build on it with mm-hmm. hopefully way more episodes down the line throughout the years even. Um, I think it's only right to ask you, what's your, just a bit of a routine you've got going on? What time do you wake up to start with? Mm. This is something I'm struggling with. (laughs) Today was a great morning. I woke up quite early, but you are probably the most consistent guy (laughs) when it comes to this. Yeah, so... I mean, I got it easy because I grew up in a farming family, right? So it's in my blood, but I, I wake up at five. Just every day. Incredible. Yeah. I've just seen from today, I was able to wake up at five. I went straight into the gym, did a session, came out. I still had an hour to do whatever I wanted. Mm. Had a shower, meditated for 20 minutes. And that is important because for the rest of the day, I swear to God, I'm not even... No bullshit. Yes. For the rest of the day, there was... I was calmer. I, mm-hmm. I step into a very stressful environment, you know where, mm-hmm. where we work, and I was just level, like, yes. I was just above it. My head was above it. I was cool, and mm-hmm. I was able to just deal with issues as they came up. That's kind of interesting to get into, because, like, I'm starting to get into meditating, but I'm quite curious to hear how you, like, how are you doing it? Like, do you think of something? Do you watch your breath? Like, I used to, I used to try and visualize who I want to become. That used to be a, like, yeah, that's the next level. Yeah. The, <laughs> the thing I was quite focused on, but it's not quite easy to do that. Mm. Um, sometimes you need to just be really, really productive. And then for me anyway, I'll see sort of like visions. 
mm. of a future self. And when I get a little vision, I'll latch onto that and I'll be like, oh, I want to become like that. I'll just, it'll just come to my mind. But okay, what I try and do cool. when I actually sit down and meditate is let your thoughts just run. Mm. Set a timer for 10 minutes and just let any thought that comes into your head the same way you're watching um, cars go by. Mm. Your thoughts are just going by. And just let that run for 10 minutes. Don't even focus on your breath, nothing like that. I mean, maybe that is another form, but I just sit down and let my brain go crazy. And I just sit there, still for 10 minutes. That's interesting. I'm going to give that a try, because I'm sort of doing the opposite. I'm like, I'm... You're trying to control it. No, no, no. I'm actually just trying to shut it all out. So I'm like, I'm picturing like, like a broomstick. Yeah. Like this, I picture like a broomstick swap, like cleaning my brain. And so like everything that comes in, I'm just shutting out and I'm just, I'm just picturing a black space. See, is the cars going by. But it's like, I quite like this. I've been doing this for a few weeks now. And like, because I'm like, every time something comes in, I push it out and I just go back to this black space. And it's like, it's difficult. Like it doesn't really like, it's a, like, it's a lot of practice. And like, I'm still mm. just like, I'm not very good at it. I'm not but very like good what I then so have during the day, yeah. when I like trying to concentrate and like thoughts pop in my head, like, oh, I'm kind of hungry. Oh, let's get a snack. Oh, let's watch some TV. Like, oh, let's do something else. It just, it almost becomes like an automatic response to just like, immediately push it push it out and so that's what I'm not finding like wow like just mm. really like kind of taking control of what pops into your head that's kind of cool what I think the more the more I try it. to focus on what comes into my brain I think the more my brain will work against me Fair. and I just focus <laughs> on like be your own best friend Mm. like your mind's not out to get you yes in a way i talk to myself a lot mm. so you know laval <laughs> yeah yeah that's where i got it from actually he I, said i was gonna say he, he said like don't even f- oh really he was oh, the one who was like just let I it go like he was on the joe rogan yeah, yeah, yeah and i think that's where he said like because rogan was saying like oh like i think about my my breathing and he was like no don't even think about your breathing just literally think about nothing but maybe I just interpret no, then, maybe then I, says, Yeah, maybe I interpret He it. says it's impossible to think about nothing. Mm. But then he says it's impossible to think about two things at once. So then he's like, whatever comes into your mind, just like cars passing, yeah. just let it come. <laughs> Ten minutes, just press mm. it and, and chill out. But yeah, besides from that, the gym, meditate yes. for a bit. Obviously shower, have a little protein shake. And then the whole day I was just set Same. up because I know yes. after work, I can be there for ages and I know afterwards I don't need to go to the gym. That's already on the way. A massive part of my day is already ticked off. Mm-hmm. So then I can just focus on work and then after work I knew I had the viewings to go to and then mm. come and see you and do this podcast and just go for go for some food. Yes. So I was immediately like, wow, I freed up a whole chunk of my day which I wouldn't usually have because I wake up at quite late I need to immediately get showered and ready, go to work. Mm. After work, I'm, I'm already, it's like 8, 9 p.m. Yes. I need to come home, quickly get changed, go to the gym, quickly make food, eat. It's already 11.30, close to 12. I repeat the cycle. 
And yes. now, like, it's taken a while to break it only because <laughs> I didn't really want to break it, mm. which means I didn't want to wake up at 5 a.m. But then, yes. now that I have done that, I'm like, shit. Mm. It's kind I've of actually like, freed up a bunch of my time to do way more. It's addictive. Yeah, it really right? is. It's that, that feeling where, if, like, you've done more than some people do the entire day before the world is even waking up. Before 7 p.m. Exactly. It's yeah. like, it's... It's just like a serotonin boost almost. Like, Absolutely. It feels good. So it's like the world is so peaceful and quiet. Yeah. You did say we're very conscious. And I think I know if I want to get to that next level, if I want to get more shit done, become more productive and be able to fit in mm. whatever it is doing this extra podcast or yes. whatever extra thing I want to do, it requires waking up. That's At it, because the job yeah. is just—it's yeah. too mentally demanding. Like you're not gonna do much after work. Like it's—you're yeah. kind of drained, and so that's why I really like before work. I just work to my own stuff, and then during work, you know, you have enough to deal with already, mm. and then after work, you know, you just—you're just beat. Yeah, that's another another problem. But listen, man, I I feel as though. We've just scratched the surface and we haven't even spoken about our tennis rivalry or any of that shit, but... Yes, which we still need to pick back up. Literally, literally. But (laughs) thank you for doing this. I'm sure we're going to have a lot more episodes to come. Mm. And I'm looking forward to seeing you, you know, work on this this company of yours. Yeah, no, I I appreciate you having me on. I mean, I I respect you doing this a lot thank you brother you, you set the bar high for me now nah, with the goal it's the of coming opposite. back in a few years to, oh, to reminisce on this absolutely I was gonna <laughs> so say you gonna set the bar now, high for now I got the goal to, to go for just to, so I can come Good. back come Good. back on the Me Locker podcast you gotta hold me accountable <laughs> as well but I love oh. that man thank you bro alright